So, USC's football season isn't, isn't even over yet. Everyone's already looking to the future. And the transfer portal just opened. You're going to see players coming and going. Plus a lot of grades coming out. That's what's coming up next on this episode of Locked On USC. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you like to watch on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And I really want to say thank you to everyone who's coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you're watching on YouTube and you haven't done so already, do me a favor. Hit that subscribe button. It really means a lot. And always thank you to the ones who have. You can also follow me on my Twitter at Mark Culkin, M-A-R-C-K-U-L-K-I-N. This episode of Locked on USC is sponsored by Omaha Steaks. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com, use promo code LOCKEDON at the checkout, and then you're going to get that extra $30 off your order. All right. So the game against Utah is in the rearview mirror. And USC, they're still 11-2. and They're still going to the Cotton Bowl. They're still playing Tulane. And it still sucks. Just not as much as it did the day before. From the day before that. That's the beauty of life. Life goes on. And you, you learn from your mistakes. And you just try and get better. And that's what you're, we're going to do in this episode. We're going to throw out some grades for this past game, and we're going to find out how can USC get better. And obviously, that, that that takes learning from your mistakes, that takes practice, and recruiting, and uh, this new thing called the transfer portal, all that. Um, so besides recruiting, you know, this USC team is going to get better um, by practice. And they're going to have 15 more practice sessions to uh, to utilize before they take on the Tulane Green Wave uh, in the Cotton Bowl uh, New Year's weekend or day, whatever, um, in about four weeks and a few days, whatever it is. Um, and, and basically what you want your team to do during the during this time is just to Try and to get better and be a more consistent team. And for USC, consistency consistency on defense uh, is where they really need to put the emphasis. Everyone knows that this was a this team in 2022 was carried by the offense with an opportunistic defense and a, a group of special teams that was just asked not to uh, you know do anything dumb and and, and contribute to a loss. And for the most part, special teams, um, they did their part. So, um, you know, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time with grades because on this game, look, bottom line is Caleb's injury affected how USC um, finished the game. 
bottom line. Um, and that's because USC did not have a lot of depth, uh, again, specifically on the defense. And when the offense can't stay on the field and you have a defense that isn't uh, up to a standard that they want to play at and what the fans anticipate and expect, um, and you don't have a lot of depth, uh, you're eventually things are going to uh, cave in, and they did. So let's just get to the grades rather than me just rambling on here. Offensively, uh, look, outside a great first three series, they scored on all their first three offensive possessions. But uh, outside of those first three series, um, team kind of looked bad. Uh, They had some nice moments mixed in. Uh, so quarterback Caleb Williams, before the hamstring, he was an A. After the hamstring, uh, he still gets an A for an effort. Uh, look, it is what it is. He is he, he, Half of his game completely disappeared when he wasn't able to uh, to use his legs, to, to be Caleb. He still threw the ball um, effectively for the most part. I mean, 360 yards, uh, a few touchdowns. But it wasn't enough. It is what it is. Uh, I'm not going to grade Caleb too harshly on this. Um, understanding that, you know, he was injured. As far as, you know, do you want to characterize Caleb as being selfless or selfish? And it's a fine line. It really is. Um, you know, that's always going to be up for interpretation. Uh, but it's never to be criticized. You, you're not going to fault somebody who just wants to lay it out, lay it all out on the field, lay it all, all out on the line, uh, carry me off the off the field type of attitude, that mama mentality. Uh, and again, it wasn't his decision. I mean, I want to make sure I make this clear. Caleb's not going to say, "Hey, coach, take me out. I'm hurting the team." That's just not who he is. It's got to be up to Lincoln Riley to make that decision. Or he's got to have somebody on his staff who say, hey, Lincoln, let's give Miller a shot. And if it doesn't work out, we can always put Caleb back in. Again, that's going to be the offseason question that just lingers, especially uh, until USC plays another game. Offensive line, look, with no Andrew Voorhees at the beginning, uh, Justin Dieters looked really clunky from the start of the game. Uh, and we know Brett Nealon was lost in the fourth quarter. Uh, you, you hate to give a grade, but give him a C. There was no run game whatsoever. And when when Caleb popped, you know, his hamstring had that flat tire. Uh, that's not going to help the O line. So a C. Um, running back C minus. Look, I know they need a hole. They need holes to run behind or run through. And you know I. I think Lincoln Riley even admitted he gave up on the run too early. But, um, again, the combination of Caleb not being able to be a threat to run, the O-line not being up to uh, at least being functional, and you're, it's just that's not a winning combination. That's you're, It's going to remind a lot of people of what USC's offense looked like for the last couple of years before Lincoln Riley and Josh Henson took over. Um, 
and meshed everything together, pass, run game, everything, to make it look as good as it did this year, for the most part. Wide receivers, uh, you know what? Give them a B. They did what they could under the circumstances. Um, but, you know, if I'm being honest, and I have to be, the uh, I think the Utah DBs probably had uh, the the bigger stops, the bigger, the better plays when they needed them. Uh, you know, uh, there was that one play where Addison tripped, um, and there was another play where you know he got beat by Phillips at the goal line, knocked the ball away. Those were a couple scoring opportunities that uh, went by the wayside. Uh, defense, look, um, it was better, in my opinion, and I know this is really subjective. Um, I, I thought they were better than what their stats showed, and the stats don't support what I'm about to say whatsoever. Uh, but and look, they are who they are. Um, they're a bad tackling team. Uh, they got no pressure on the quarterback uh, the second time around, just like they did in the first time around against Utah. Gentry, I think, had their one sack. Uh, Thule, for the most part, was non-existent again. Um, so you got to give credit to Utah for, for being able to scheme and figure out how to stop Thule. Uh, Raylan Goforth had the, had a great hit. He had the hit of the game. I mean, everyone remembers him popping Cam Rising's helmet off and it was a perfectly legal shot. There's nothing dirty about it whatsoever. Um, but there were also so many missed tackles, not just by Raylan, but the entire linebacking core, front seven, secondary, the entire team. It was bad. Um, the safeties looked like they had never tackled before in their life or seen a Utah tight end again. Um, Makai Blackman dropped an interception opportunity, and that gave Utah a, a second chance. They turned that into a touchdown. Their second, you know, not the secondary, the defense gave up a third and 19 that actually turned into a touchdown. So, look, when the offense kind of ghosted itself um, in the second and third quarters, the defense did as well, as I, as I think as well as they could have, considering, you know, um, the offense wasn't generating anything. So they were the defense was forcing punts. They only gave up the seven points in the third quarter. Yeah, they gave up. 14 points in the third, in the, excuse me, in the second, um, which allowed the game to be tied going into halftime. But again, after those first three offensive series, USC's offense disappeared. So I, I think eventually the defense just wore down um, in the basically the last 10 minutes or so of the game, especially when the offense just couldn't, couldn't go. So bottom line, the defense, uh, they turned out to be what everyone feared in the beginning of the season. It just happened at the worst possible opportunity in that conference championship game. So defense, everybody, you guys get a C minus. Um, look, we needed the time when you needed them to step up, whether the moment was too big, injuries, depth, it's just everything, that whole perfect storm finally came to fruition and, as it turned out, defense wasn't able to save the day. And uh, that's why USC lost two times this year to the same team. So while that didn't taste good, uh, you know what does taste good? Omaha steaks. Have you ever had an Omaha steak? Let me tell you what. I have. They're really good. 
And uh, I hope someone gives me a gift of Omaha Steaks. And I might give those out for as a gift as well. The quality, the convenience, and everything you need to deliver an unforgettable holiday gift experience. Omaha Steaks is America's original butcher and since 1917. And they are a holiday gift that's guaranteed to be loved. The holidays are here. Achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together a special curated gift package to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. So go to omahasteaks.com and use code code LOCKEDON, that's one word, at the checkout, and you're going to get $30 off your order. You can send an assortment of mouth-watering favorites guaranteed to impress the uh, the like... To impress, like the legendary butcher's cut filet mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are, like, really easy to prepare in a flash. Omaha Steaks are ready to ship your order right away, so shop early and beat the shopping rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code Locked On at the checkout. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing or knowing you're ordering the very best. So go ahead and visit omics.com. Use promo code locked on at the checkout to get that extra $30 off your order. A minimum order may be may be required. I got a question for everyone here. Should Alex Grinch be replaced or does he get a one-year do-over? Um, considering came in, had some, you know, pieces that were left over that he got to use. Um, but he had to implement a new scheme with a lot of new players that came in during the off season. Excuse me, I had to get a drink of water there. So we know that, um, the transfer portal, uh, they brought some really nice pieces, productive pieces for the defense in 2022. Um, most most of the guys who showed up, though, uh, that that did the most, that were most productive, were probably on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, you know, Caleb Williams, Travis Dye, Jordan Addison, to name a few. Uh, but the defense, you know, they also um, they got they had some productive playmakers that showed up. Makai Blackman from Colorado turned out to be. Pretty good at cornerback for USC. Shane Lee at linebacker. Eric Gentry at linebacker. I guess, you know, that's where you would, if we're going to categorize, those would be your shelf contributors. And then, you know, just behind those guys, you had Tyrone Tulaney, defensive line. Uh, Solomon Bird, rush end. Uh, He had his moments. Jacoby Covington, defensive back, cornerback. Uh, Bryson Shaw, Latrell McCutcheon um, at the safety position from Ohio State and uh, Oklahoma, respectively. And then uh, to a much lesser extent, you had Romello Height, who played Russian early in the season, but, you know, um, seemed like he was hurt early and he just he couldn't get past that shoulder injury. And uh, hopefully uh, he'll be ready to go come spring camp. So, you know, USC has some talent on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, the problem was 
they didn't really have enough talent and depth obviously wasn't deep enough. So, um, you know, you're losing Thule uh, to the draft now. So, you know, unless, uh, USC is going to come up with a really nice lucrative NIL deal and <laughs> NIL deal. Uh, let's, let's just assume that Thule's gone to the draft. And for good for good reason. I mean, I, I don't know if he finished. I, I'm not looking at the stats. I don't know if he finished the, leading the nation with sacks, but uh, I know he was up there, probably top five at worst. Someone, give me some feedback. Let me know. Everybody knows that uh, Thule was really good rushing the quarterback, so um, it, it's not like I'm. I'm showing any signs of disrespect to him here. I believe after the Notre Dame game, he had 12 and a half or 13 and a half sacks. So that's where he finished because I don't think he had one in the game against uh, Utah. Um, Going back to the question about Alex Grinch, the rush end is a really primary, important, significant position in his defense. And outside of you know, getting a handful of plays throughout the season, that position was pretty much void production. So um, is that the biggest issue? You know, Corey Foreman panned out yet. Ohio hurts, see, it seems like. Bird, you know, he came in through the transfer portal. He had a few nice moments this season. And... um, Look, Nick Figueroa, Solomon, Tulia Pupu, uh, they're not exactly speed rush guys. And um, I, I believe they're moving on after this season. Uh, maybe Solo comes back, uh, possibly Figueroa, but I, I believe him and Brandon Peely also totally ready, moving on. There's lots of speed. Can. You know, USC gets some more help uh, through the transfer portal. Stick around. We're going to be talking about that here in a few moments in our next segment. Uh, will a healthy Damani Jackson and Zion Branch, freshman, uh, will, they, will they, when they come, will they be ready uh, in the spring and will they be available to bring production right away? Um, everybody knows Zion came in uh, highly recruited. Same with Damani Jackson. Now you've got a couple of five stars at cornerback and safety. Um, if you like, you know, if you're into the recruiting rankings, who are going to be expected to contribute immediately. So, is that uh, again? Do you give link? Do you give Alex Grinch another year to have to make sure his players are in place and USC can replace, uh, get more depth in there. You hate to say better players because um, you, you don't want to throw shade. I guess that's the way the younger generation says. You don't want to throw shade at, 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 at Trojans. Um, they're, they're there because they were recruited. So whether they're being processed, forced out, or they're moving on uh, on their own volition, uh, we'll never know. If we do, I'm not going to let you know either. Uh, that's just... There's nothing to be gained from that type of information. 
Um, so, and again, can the transfer portal drop off uh, talent right away? As I mentioned, Thule's gone. Uh, Nikki Figueroa's gone. Brandon Peely, those guys, he's gone. And then you wonder about the guys behind them. You know, who's going to stick around? Who's moving forward? Kobe Pepe. You know, Dejon Benton, he uh, saw action. He saw action throughout the season, but he kind of tapered off at the end of the year. Um, Earl Barquette, you know, he transferred in last year. Never saw the field this year. Uh, so, so I, I guess what, what I'm saying here, anticipate some more movement coming up because the defense needs some help. So again, does it, if you're Lincoln Riley, do you stay loyal? Or, you know, if you have a better option uh, out there for consideration, do you, do you jump on it? You know, Lincoln's being paid a lot of money. And it's to bring home championships. It's not to uh, be loyal to your coaching staff. At a certain point, the hard decision has to be made. <clears throat> um, does Dante Williams possibly leaving? There's some scuttlebutt that uh, he's up for the UNLV head coaching job. Does that change the calculus? You know, he was the only holdover from the Clay Helton regime. Alex Grinch and his defense is concerned. Look, they created a lot of turnovers. Um, they, they, they led the nation in plus-minus turnover margin. Um, and the defense, you know, when you watch them play, you're like, ugh, they weren't very good this year. But they were better than they have than Trojan teams have been in recent years. Um, but that's the thing. They got better, but they still need to get a lot better, especially if this team wants to get past the conference championship game and into the playoffs. Anyway, um, bottom line is this. Uh, this year's defense, they were opportunistic. And when you consider Alex Grinch's past stops, you know, they've got some highlights, but they've got some lowlights as well. When you peel back the layers, his defense has some flaws. It's highly reliant on the Russians creating pressure and getting to the quarterback and creating turnovers. You got half of that this year. The other half was non-existent, barely around. You figure out which part. We know USC created turnovers this year. There's your hint. There's your clue. USC needs to get better in that front seven. Defensive line and linebackers. Uh, so, again, anyway, uh, like I said, the team, they still have uh, they still have a game to prepare for. And let's just be honest, the defense is going to be the number one priority this offseason, any way you slice it. So we're going to pause this podcast here for a second, okay? Just for a quick second. Because you got to try this. And I'm talking about Built Bar's new reimagined flavors. You got the cookie dough topper, you got the coconut brownie bar, and the coconut brownie topper. White chocolate peppermint granola. It's Built's take on the granola bar, so it's more filling and still insanely tasty. And candy cane brownie puff. Built puffs are like biting into the universe's most delicious cloud, okay? These are getting like really descriptive 
and really good. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried Built Bars before, they're literally the best tasting protein bars ever built. They're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly, low sugar and calories. In fact, only 130 calories. So just sink your teeth into that first bite and it'll change your life forever. I'm not kidding. There'll be a time before you try these new built... There will, there will be a time before you tried these new built flavors. And the magical, wonderful time afterwards. You're probably wondering which new flavors are my favorite. Um, I'm a brownie guy. So there you go. So get out there. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. That's promo code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. And try those new flavors. They're really good. All right. You're ready for uh, the transfer portal. It's open. Here we go. <laughs> the offseason is officially upon us. Uh, look, everyone was anticipating a kind of a, uh, a running with the bulls type of event when it opened. And oh, my Pamplona. Day one is officially in the books. Um, players are going to have a 45-day window that's basically open between uh, December 5th and January 18th, 2023. Then there's a second portal window that they can uh, that will be open on May 1st, and that one lasts for only 15 days. Those windows will dictate when players may enter the portal. Those who do so can commit to or enroll at the school of their choice at any time, depending on that school's academic calendar. So, day one, there were over 500 names that uh, that entered into the portal. And USC saw a number of uh, their family members jump in. They It was time to make the decision to move on to the next chapter in their lives. Even former Trojans like Keaton Slovis, they're kind of getting a feel uh, for the free agency game. And that's essentially, that's what the transfer portal is. Let's just be real. So... Keaton Slovis, he's leaving Pittsburgh after a year. You know, a lot of these guys who are jumping into the portal, um, they're looking for a place to land, uh, greener pasture, new new beginnings. Some are going to get paid really well. Some uh, are going to be looking for a place to land when everything's said and done. A lot of these guys end up kind of like in the ether, uh, floating around, waiting. I hope they know what they're doing. Uh, but as far as some Trojans who uh, have decided to move on to the next chapter in their life, and we wish them well, because once a Trojan, always a Trojan. And none of these guys, none of these names that I'm going to mention uh, ever created any type of challenges, conflict, or um, put themselves in a bad light. So again, you just wish everybody good luck in their life and, you hope they do well. So first off, uh, the first guy that we heard about was Julian Simon. Uh, and, and then he was quickly followed by uh, linebacker uh, Taylor Katoa. Neither have had an impact at USC since they've been here. Um, Katoa, he came back after serving his two-year mission, Mormon mission, and then he's been dealing with injuries. He literally never saw the field. And if he did, 
Um, I apologize. It was probably on special teams. Julian Simon, he he, well, he saw some time on special teams action, but he he just never found a home uh, between you know playing safety and most this year at linebacker. Uh, he just I, I think he gained weight and just never was they were they weren't able to find a home for him, and that's too bad because he's he's a pretty athletic guy. You know, in high school he played on both sides, uh, offense and defense. He was a running back too. Um, so they're moving on, and you, again, good luck to them. Uh, two names that sort of I think kind of jumped out and surprised everybody uh, when they when they appeared in the portal were uh, Raylan Goforth and safety Xavier Alford. Now, last year in 2021, Xavier Alford had like three interceptions, um, but that was in a different scheme, different coaching staff, and this year he's been dealing with injuries since the spring. And then he kind of just became a ghost around the practice, you know, when the team's out there. Eventually, Lincoln addressed the situation and said he had a medical procedure. Uh, well, we now know that Xavier is moving on. As far as Raylan Goforth, I think that's the biggest shock so far. Uh, he played a lot this year. And, you know, I think I mentioned it. He had the hit of the game in, against Utah. Everyone remembers Cam Rising's helmet coming off. Look, Raylan, he's not the fastest, not the biggest, um, but he plays with passion and he leaves it all out there. Um, you're never going to question his effort or his love for USC. So um, his goodbye tweet, basically, you know, when he announced he was leaving, he said, thank you to all the coaches that I've had the pleasure of working with in my time here at USC, through the ups and the downs, I remained loyal to the soil. Because this, uh, because this place is too special to be anything less than great. So Raylan's moving on. Uh, it sounds like it was mutual. Um, and we, again, I only hope for the best for Raylan because uh, he's just a guy, it's hard not to like the um, he loved his time as a Trojan. I'm going to miss, miss covering him as a as a member of the media. Um, but it doesn't look like USC is going to be... Uh, let, let me put it this way. Maybe Raylan's moving on because his replacement was waiting at the door. Uh, WeRSC.com's Scott Schrader uh, noted and let the subscribers know over there that former um, Temecula, California and Linfield Christian athlete and current Washington State linebacker Travion Brown had Travion Brown has entered the transfer portal. Uh, he made that announcement over the weekend. And the six foot three, two hundred thirty pound junior, he's got another year of eligibility left. He had uh, forty nine tackles, five for loss, and one and a half sacks, and a fumble recovery this year for the Cougars. Um, he made the announcement that USC is offered, and he's actually making a visit to USC. So. Um, with all that said, let's just uh, assume he's going to be a Trojan eventually. Uh, at Washington State, he missed, um, this is a stat I think everyone's going to really like, had just a 3.1% missed tackle percentage versus the run this season. So compare that to USC's tackling issues. Um, Shane Lee, he missed 15.4% of his uh, tackles against the run. The aforementioned Raylan Goldforth, 25%. Eric Gentry, 
15%. So any help USC can get, take it. And uh, it sounds like uh, help is waiting at the door. As I mentioned, um, Scott Schrader let everybody know that Monday morning um, that Brown uh, plans to visit USC next week. Um, so today's the first day the transfer transfers can begin regular contact with coaching staffs, take visits, and commit to a school. So um, we're going to keep you updated uh, as more names come across or you know come to our attention, either through Locked On USC via me or on wearesc.com. Now, while USC feels good about landing uh, Travion, he's got a connection. His uh, former high school coach at Linfield Christian, Deshaun Burns, he played football at USC. He was a safety. And uh, he was also a baseball player. And he, uh, I believe, um, he's going to probably tell uh, Travion that if you're going to leave Washington State, USC is probably a good landing spot for you. Uh, Justin Flo, another linebacker, is in the portal. Ended up at Oregon. Everyone knows the local stud from Upland High School. Well, here's my only question, two questions. Can he stay healthy and can he be coached up at this level? Look, in high school... Justin basically physically just assaulted the opponent. And I say that, I don't mean that in a mean way. He physically and scared other players. He was that dominating. Um, but he also never played a full season in high school or in college yet because he might be too physical for his own good. So at the college level, you it's you've got to be more than just a brute, you know, bully, gooch type of guy. You know, you've got to be able to got to be more cerebral and uh, that's what i'm saying he needs to be coached up still at this level maybe brian odom is the guy to get it done we'll see it, it sounds like he he wanted to be a trojan out of high school it sounds like he's getting a second opportunity we'll see if he becomes a trojan um so as as i said look we're wow wow we're out of time we're going to keep everybody updated uh, as the transfer portal goes along. Uh, it's just open. More names are going to pop up. More players are going to leave USC. More players are going to want to come to USC. We will keep you updated here on Locked, Locked on USC because we're coming at you five days a week. And uh, we're going to have another episode coming up tomorrow. So until then, Trojan fans, you know what to do.